Welcome to this week's episode of Eye of the Swarm, your deep dive into anything and everything Yellow Jacket Athletics alongside our production engineer, Elliot Sweary, the big sound, Matt Johnson. I am John Garver and uh, winding her down, Matt. It's winding yeah. down here and I, I did the research. I, I'd like to look at the numbers every now and then to see just how busy we've been. And uh, yesterday, we're recording this on a Friday, and yesterday, the Thursday, was the uh, semifinals in the UMAC for women's tennis. Right. And that was day 100 mm-hmm. from the time we played our first game right. in that last week of January to yesterday, 100 days. And that women's tennis match was event number 197 in those 100 days. Wow. So it, it's been full speed ahead. It has. And I, I look at it and just yeah, the the credit that I think, one, our administration deserves for putting us in a position to be able to compete when you have other schools, other conferences that were unable to play at all this year. Right, yep. And two, the willingness of the athletes to do things right. Yeah. To do what they had to do to make sure that they were going to be able to compete right, and, and not have those positive tests come up throughout the semester. A little rocky toward the end of the winter seasons, but through the spring, it's been pretty good. Yeah, it's been pretty good. And I'm, it's been uh, – I'm really proud of all those – all these people here that put us in the position to be able to compete and take all of us in communications and athletic training and everything and just exhaust us over the span of three months to get these games in. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think uh, you – uh, dropped an email for those listeners back home uh, talking about how many broadcasts we were able to get in this year. Normally we're in the 80, I think 85 range this year. We got down, we were about half of that, about 43, I think. Is 43 will be yeah. the final number with the, the men's soccer championship, yeah. which um, if you would have asked me in January right? Yeah. when we were, it seemed like there was a, two emails a week coming out, okay, we're, we lost this one, but we're going to try to push one in here. Okay, now this right. one's getting postponed to here and there. And yeah, I... I, I wouldn't have imagined getting over 40. So the no. fact that we we got to that number, I'm going to chalk it up as a win. Yeah, that's pretty good. And, I mean, there was a fair amount of flexibility that was required on our end. Um, and I can only imagine the flexibility that was demanded, of course, of the athletes and the coaches um, because we had some scheduling snafus on our end that we had to address. Um, our schedule, as I think people know, was very much in flux. We actually took it kind of week by week, and by the end of the year, maybe two weeks ahead before we were determining what we were going to broadcast next. Normally, uh, we have a full schedule of 80 to 85 games that we have mapped out at the start of the year. Yeah, we do it in August. Yeah. We do so, it in August, and it, this this was different. Yeah, this was a, this this was was a different, very different look for us. So um, it touched us as well. But across the board, I would agree with you. I think everybody really stepped in and uh, did a nice job of making sure that everything went off without a hitch as much as possible could mm-hmm. be done, you know, given current circumstances. Um, I know that the COVID restrictions now are starting to be lifted, especially in the state of Minnesota. They've already got – they announced a plan, I think, just either within the last, like, 24 hours. Governor Walls in Minnesota has um, announced a plan to now go as far as, by July, hopefully taking off the mask mandate for the state, which would be fantastic. I think that just that statement alone, from a visual standpoint, not the political statement, just the fact that people can relax and now – be able to go about their business, hopefully, right. by July without their mask is fantastic because mm-hmm. that's relatively close. I mean, that's like a month and a half out. Right. So things are going in the right direction, and I think it's a it's a testament to the fact that everybody was disciplined, did go through that, and is allowing those kind of decisions now by, at least in the state of Minnesota, to be made now 
by everybody because the vaccinations are out. Uh, people have been minding their P's and Q's for the most part when it comes to masks. And uh, especially with our athletes here on campus, I think they've done a fantastic job. No, they they absolutely have. And there's, it's like anything else. I mean, you have those times where you have to remind them, hey, up over the right. nose. Yep, yep. You know, or you know, I'm, I've been guilty of, without thinking, walking out of my office, getting halfway down the hall and realizing, oh, I'm... I forgot to put my mask right, back on, yeah, you know, before yeah. I before I left my office. But I just I'm I'm really proud of of all those people for the the work that they did. Yeah, to, and to I mean, and sure that goes across the board point. too. By the way, I mean, it's not just us; it's the other teams in the UMAC also mm-hmm. that made it happen. Um, Absolutely, because it's a commitment. It is. It was, it was more of a commitment than usual. Mm-hmm. I mean, we talk about commitment when it comes to school and to uh, you know the sport, but there was an extra commitment involved this year, and mm-hmm. I thought everybody for the most part did a pretty nice job. I mean, we had like I said a few bumps in the road, a few things got postponed and then rescheduled, but. For the most part, I think uh, everybody came together pretty well and was able to make the spring season and the uh, fall season come together pretty well, uh, second half of the year. And uh, uh, all, by all accounts, from my perspective, it was pretty pretty darn successful. No, I agree. So let's uh, let's talk about it because as a result of things that have happened over the last week, uh, we got some teams playing for some hardware now, so let's we dive do. into it. We do. I'm going to start with men's golf because uh, they had the biggest, I guess, performance, quote-unquote performance, of the last week, uh, they won their third straight UMAC Conference Championship last Saturday at Pebble Creek Golf Club in Becker, Minnesota. The Yellow Jackets winning the UMAC Conference title with a team score of 9-12 to finish 63 shots ahead of second place Northwestern in the final standing. So they were well out in front by the end. From of, day one. Yeah, basically from the from start. From day one. Yeah, from day one. Um, and we're never really challenged the rest of the mm-hmm. way. I mean, Northwestern was far off the pace, and uh, Yellow Jackets kind of cruising. We expected them to win, but it was nice to finally put it uh, put it to bed. Yep. And uh, they're on to the NCAA tournament. We'll talk more about that in a moment here. But uh, Ryan Peterson, the name of Duluth, Minnesota, <laughs> led the way for the Yellow Jackets, finishing the tournament five under par to take home individual medalist honors. In fact, he was, I think, that's four, incredible. 14 shots ahead of the second place guy, I think it was. That's incredible. Yeah. You know, and the only one to shoot under par yeah. in, the, in the event, and not by a little. No, he was, yeah, he was, boy, what especially a, that last day. What a performance he went on, on that tear. last day. Yeah. My gosh. He went on a tear on that last day. Oh. Uh, Joey Cummings finished third for UWS. Sam Albrecht finished place t- in a tie for fifth place, excuse me. Uh, so the Yellow Jackets had three guys in the top five. It, after day one, they had yeah. four. Yeah, they had four guys. They had four guys in the top five. Yeah. Incredible. Because I think it was John Harstead was in there, wasn't he? Was it Harstead or who was it? No, it was uh, Stanisic. Okay, Stanisic. Stanisic okay. was tied for fourth. Okay. So you had Ryan, Joey, Sam. And then Stanisic tied for fourth. Wow. But all five were in the top ten. Yeah, all five were in the top ten. So Crazy. Great depth for head coach yep. Paul Everhart, who, by the way, was named UMAC Coach of the Year for the third time in his career. Congratulations to Coach Ebb. Cummings was named UMAC Player of the Year and was a first-team All-UMAC selection. Peterson and Albrecht were also named first-team All-UMAC, while Harstad was UWS's representative on the UMAC sportsmanship team. And like I said, they're off to the NCAA tournament. So congratulations to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and really gratifying for them, considering they had the – the proverbial plug pulled on their season last year. We talked about that with Joey last year on right. the podcast we did with him and um, how difficult that was and how the UMAC is really an odd kind of anomaly when it comes to golf scheduling and in, in regards to the fact that traditionally the UMAC golf schedule is played in the fall. You win the conference tournament, but the NCAA championships, if you qualify. Well, it's not UMAC, though. That's golf. Oh, is it golf? That's golf. I thought it was. I thought they were some spring teams. There are, they play in the spring, but okay, okay. The bulk of the championships are in the fall, so they have to wait. The the, the, the upshot there is they got to wait about six months before yep. they get a chance to compete. Yep. So they literally <laughs> are in season, then out of season for six months, and then asked to go play for a national championship. Yeah. So that's that's the way it breaks down. But it's an odd thing, <laughs> I guess would be the best way and I would put it. 
more odd in this area because it's not like you just have this long break. Right. You, yeah, you, yeah. Up here, you don't play. Right. Yeah. You there's no there's nowhere to you go. You are not playing. You're on the simulator. Yep. Like that's all you're doing. Yep. All that whole time basically. Yep. So, congratulations to them. Indeed. Oh, women's golf meanwhile finished the 2021 campaign in this past week by placing fourth at the UMAC Conference Championships at the same location during the same dates. Yellow Jackets with a finished with a team score of 1171. And we're led by Elena Tulip, who placed seventh overall with a score of 273, while Maddie Friedman finished in a tie for 11th with a score of 281. Tulip was named first team All UMAC, while Friedman was named honorable mention All UMAC and was also UWS's representative on the sportsmanship team. So they closed out the season in 2021 by finishing fourth. Men's soccer, meanwhile, 10 and 1 overall, 8 0 now in the UMAC. They won their third straight UMAC conference regular season title on Saturday. Shutting out the Northland College Lumberjacks 3-0 at Ponzio Stadium before downing the Lumberjacks again in UMAC Conference Tournament semifinal action, 2-0 at the NBC Spartan Sports Complex on Wednesday. That was a game that you were able to hear live with yours truly on the call. And Saturday's game, the Yellow Jackets got goals from Pontus Tabmark, Dylan Hanegraaff, and Nikolai Stoker. While on Wednesday's game, the Jackets got goals from Archie Geardrum and Blake Perry. And now they're off looking for their fourth straight UMAC Tournament Conference crown. That'll be coming up this Saturday, tomorrow. We record this on a Friday, and we'll talk more about that in the final segment. Women's soccer is concluding a heck of a year here. Mm-hmm. Seven and two now overall, six and two in the UMAC. Clinched the number two seed in the UMAC conference tournament with an eight nothing win over Northland College in their final regular season game. That game also at Ponzio Stadium in Ashland on Saturday, before defeating Minnesota Morris two to one on Wednesday at the NBC Spartan Sports Complex to advance to their second UMAC tournament championship game in three years. Uh, the Yellow Jackets. Against Northland, getting two goals each from Nia Wilson and Claire Smith, along with additional tallies from Olivia Harding, Allison Alessi, Tori Vosberg, and Lindry Schendel. Against Minnesota Morris, the Yellow Jackets got goals from Wilson and Anna Schusman, and were able to hold on for the victory. Next for them, they have a date with St. Scholastica to decide it all on the women's side of things. We'll talk more about that again in the last segment. Softball, 16-12 and overall, 9-7 and in the UMAC. They swept Martin Luther in their final two regular season UMAC conference contests by scores of 3-0 and 10-4. In New Ulm on Saturday, Taylor Kramer and Amanda Kishish picked up the pitching wins for UWS. Offense was led by Olivia Bancroft-Hart, who went a combined 4-for-6 with three RBIs and four runs scored in the doubleheader. They're in action later this afternoon. We'll talk about that in the final segment. Baseball, 13-19 and overall, 6-8 and in the UMAC. Split a doubleheader with Northland College in their final two home games of 2021 on Tuesday, defeating the Lumberjacks 14-4 in Game 1 before dropping Game 2 9-5. Ryan Rodriguez got the pitching win for the Yellow Jackets in Game 1. Freshman Joey Barker took the loss in Game 2. Offensively, the Jackets were led by Brandon Rolfe, who went a combined 4-for-9 in the two games for UWS. And they close out their regular season this coming Saturday. Men's tennis, 10-4 and overall, 5-1 and in the UMAC, advanced to the UMAC Tournament Championship match with a nail-biting 5-4 to win over Northwestern in the tournament semifinals on Wednesday. I wish Wednesday. I could have watched that. Yeah, that was that was something we were keeping an eye on that during the soccer game. Yeah, I had, yeah. The, had the stats up in, in the press box at soccer. And watching... Go up, we go up two to one yep. after the doubles, and then the next thing you know, we're down four to two. Right, and you're you're going okay. Looks like Carter's going to win at six singles. Michael James is going to win at two singles. This is going to come down to one singles. Yep, and Gurgle loses the first set. Yeah, and then wins the second set, and then you go to that tiebreaker. Yeah, and, and it went was back just and back forth. and forth and back and forth and back and forth, and it was like I. Couldn't I can't Im- imagine the atmosphere because I watched the first half of that match. Right, and yeah. I imagine the atmosphere and the emotion of all of that was incredible. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I wish I could have seen that. 
So the Jackets move on, though, by the way, to their first ever UMAC tournament championship match. We'll talk more about that in a second. But specifically, the Yellow Jackets got doubles wins in that match against Northwestern. That was a two-versus-three matchup, by the way, as far as the seedings go. Gergo Potsnagy and Andre Louise, along with Michael James and Jacob Zacharias, got doubles wins for the Yellow Jackets in their matches. They also got singles wins from James, Carl Lamont, and, or excuse me, James and Carl Lamont before Potsnagy clinched the victory for UWS. 5-7, 6-2, in the tiebreak. And that was a win for Potsnagy over the Eagles' Davis Pfaff at number one singles to send UWS, like I said, to their first ever conference tournament championship match. They're playing for some hardware this afternoon, by the way, and yep. we'll talk more about that as well in the final segment. Women's tennis finished up the season 6-9 and nine, overall, 3-3 three and three in UMAC conference play, concluded 2021. Splitting a pair of matches this past week, defeated Bethany Lutheran 8-1 in the conference tournament quarterfinals on Saturday at the UWS Outdoor Tennis Complex before falling to Northwestern 8-1 in the semifinals yesterday at the Johnson Tennis Courts in St. Paul. Against Bethany Lutheran, the Yellow Jackets got doubles wins from the duos of Maya Calloway and Emily Wall, Chiono Owa, and... Callie Olson and Olivia Robertson, Kayla Christensen, along with singles wins from Callaway, Wald, Owa, Olson, and Grace Nelson against Northwestern. Unfortunately, the Yellow Jackets' only win came from Emily Wald at number two singles, so they finished up, like I said, six and nine. Congratulations on a nice year for them, and I would expect that they're going to get some individual awards before the season is out. Yeah, I would imagine there's going to be a few in there, and, you know, I kind of appropriate that Waldo got the, the win. In, yeah, in her I, I last, think so. Her last match. Yeah, because I think she's is she the lone senior. She's the lone senior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, of course we we have worked with her in, in athletic communications for the last few years. She's uh, been one of my student workers for years. Yeah, so. DJ Waldo. Yeah, she's well known because she handles music at certain athletic events, yep. and so we call her DJ Waldo. So, uh, you know, congratulations to her though. She yes, picked up a couple absolutely. wins at the end of her career. So that's absolutely. Nice. And last but not least, men's and women's outdoor track and field. Both teams competed at the Bulldog Open, hosted by UMD at Mulaski Stadium in Duluth on Saturday. The men were lead by, or led, excuse me, by Ethan Westermeyer, who won the 200 meters with a time of 21.99 seconds and placed second in the 100 meters with a time of 11.02 seconds. I know that there was some question as to whether Westermeyer might have broken the school mark in the 200 meters. What's the story on that one? Do you know? Um, yeah, it's essentially... <clears throat> Currently, it's all electronic timing. Okay, right. And the the record holder at that time it was hand time. Okay. So they they view those a little bit differently. Okay. So that's why there's some. Um, is that the fastest time that's been recorded as far as? Okay. Yeah. That like. So that's why. So under the current format. So that's why there's a okay. little bit of debate. Okay. About so that's that. the fastest time in the in the current. It's fully the current. automated time now. Okay. And previously, it was all handheld time. Okay. Okay, so that's the reason for the, for Correct. the question. Correct. Okay. What we do know is that Leanne Torgerson led the women, and she's broken a couple of school records. We she do has. know that for a fact. We do know that for a fact, yes. Yeah, Leanne Torgerson is having a heck of a year. Mm-hmm. I feel like we haven't talked about her a whole lot, but it's because we haven't really had a, the chance to. Right. <laughs> you know, at a certain level. Um, Leanne Torgerson uh, led the way for the Yellow Jackets on the women's side of the Bulldog Open. She uh, broke the school record in the 100 meters with a time of 12.42 seconds to break the former school record held by Valerie Rowe. Rowe set the previous mark at 12.68 seconds, and that was set in 2017. Like I said, that's the second time that uh, Torgerson has broken a school record. She also Second broke, time in two weeks? Yeah, second time in two weeks. She also broke the school record in the 400 meters at the Drake Alternative hosted by St. Mary's in Winona. She finished with a time in that race of 57.43 seconds to, to better the mark. A 57.45 seconds set by Lindsay Tafts in 2005. So 
a couple school records for Leanne Torgerson. And as a result, she was named UMAC Women's Outdoor Track and Field Athlete for the second straight week, third time this season, and fourth time in her career. So she's having a heck of a... Uh, she's having a good year. Yeah, she's having a heck of an outdoor campaign here for mm-hmm. the Yellow Jackets. And they will be in action with the, at the UMAC Championships coming up this week as well. And we'll talk more about that in the final segment. So that's what uh, occurred last week in the Yellow Jacket Athletics. And uh, we have a couple of interesting guests coming up here, Mr. Garber. We do. It's uh, I'm looking forward to it, too. we got Joey Cummings and Sam Albrecht from the men's golf team coming in. And first time we've had two athletes, I think. First time we've sat down with, with multiple athletes. Joey's a veteran. He, yep, Joey you know, we he, had last year. We had him last year. Uh, right after everything went down and uh, recorded that one in my basement. Yep. <laughs> that, that was right in, in my, front of the puck wall. Yep, that was in my basement. <laughs> so we, we get to have another discussion with him and uh, Sam, who you know has been a very, very good top five golfer for the Yellow and Jackets. Another since athletic he got communications here and alum. Another one of my employees. Yep. You know, so you see Sam around quite a bit. Yep, I deal yeah. Sam an awful lot. So it'll be fun to sit down and kind of get their their feel for where they're heading here this week as uh, they're at the Golf Nationals you mentioned earlier out in West Virginia and uh, get a little bit of a rundown on on that conference championship. And I'm, I'm curious to get their take on Ryan Peterson's performance. I've tried to get Ryan. I've tried to get Ryan, like tried to get Ryan on this this program for two years, <laughs> and he just I, I can't get him to do it. But I. I want to get their their take on it because it, it it was pretty special what he pulled off last weekend. Yeah, and I you know it kind of happened under the radar because I was busy broadcasting everything else, so I didn't even take notice of it. But then I looked at the scores, I was like, wow. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I was at baseball on on Saturday and then kind of following. I think it was baseball on Saturday, right? Yeah, as yeah. was I. We were yeah, both baseball uh, on Saturday, and I'm kind of following what's going on and going, wow, this is this is something, something happening here. Yeah. So it was, uh, yeah, it was really enjoyable to watch from afar, right. what he was doing, and I'm curious to get their their takes on it as well, especially Joey, because they've had that, I mean, they've they've played together. Well, they've grown up together. Yeah, they grew that. up together, so they've played together the whole time, so I'm curious to get their take on it. Yeah. So without further ado, we'll take a break, and we will come back with uh, two members of the Yellow Jacket men's golf team on the eve, not even on the eve, uh, a couple hours away from when they will board the plane and head to West Virginia for nationals. So that'll be coming up right after this timeout. You are listening to Eye of the Swarm. Can I borrow the sports page? Are we sure we're ready for this expansion? Of course we're ready for it. It's a great idea. Let's celebrate with a vacation. I'm thinking (laughs) Hawaii. We're ready for you. Is it okay if my friend comes with? Of course. Imagination's always welcome here. Bring us your best ideas. Let's see how we can help. National Bank of Commerce. Imagination's welcome. We're back for our roundtable segment of this week's Eye of the Swarm, and uh, we have a, a golf flavor to it this week, Matt, with Very Joey so. Cummings, Sam Albrecht coming in to talk about the Yellow Jacket men's team heading to nationals and the uh, the unfinished business we talked about with you a year ago, Joey. Uh, what what did you say? Not necessarily finished now, but has been secured. Is that what you? Is that the phrase you used? Yeah, I think uh, that was my initial goal to come back for a fifth year and win another conference championship to get back to the national tournament. I think it was the business is finished. <laughs> it was unfinished a year ago when everything was canceled, and now uh, we're going back to nationals, so finished business. I was – it was 
had a hunch you guys were going to win the conference championship anyway. And then as the weekend was going through watching the scores and everything, it, it was pretty clear, I think, after the first day that you were not going to give up that lead when you have four players in the top five. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, yeah, this this is going to end pretty well for them. So the you get through that last week and now heading to West Virginia here later today to uh, to compete in the national national tournaments. So talk to me a little bit about just the the whole Nationals experience because you, you touched on it briefly when we met last year. But talk to me a little bit about that whole experience and about what this group is about to go through. Well, I mean, it's uh, one, you just got to have fun. Like, it's just a game where uh, we're a part of something really special. Not many teams get to go to the national tournament every year, and we're lucky to be to be one of them. Um, so I just you got to be laid back. You got to have fun. You got to not really uh, capsize in the moment. Um, uh, another one, it's it's intimidating. Um, we're from uh, northern Wisconsin. All these other teams are from Georgia and California and wherever that play all year round. They've got the reps, and we're kind of we've been playing for a month, and this has been a good spring for us. So we're kind of an underdog, but just excited to kind of put uh, UWS on the, the national stage again and be able to compete for something that's uh, that's pretty special in Division Three golf. Was it a little bit, to use the word intimidating, and I mean, was there uh, were, the first time you went, were you a little awestruck by the whole thing? Oh, definitely. Yeah? Like you just... It's like you're a you're a little fish in a big pond at that point, and you're you're competing with the the nation's best in uh, Division three golf, and it was it was pretty easy to get caught up in the moment then. So going back this year, uh, definitely just try to have more fun and enjoy the moment, and um, not kind of take things for granted because last year kind of took things for granted, and uh, it got canceled on us. So right. How about you, Sam, being the new to this whole thing yeah you know having win the conference championship a year ago then having it taken away so i mean a little bit of unfinished business but a little bit different i think because he had been there and was wanting to get back and this is kind of your first go round. yeah i'm excited to go there i know like joey said you just want to have to go and have fun and the way i look at it i'm not going to win the tournament i'm really not going to so i'm going to go there and just play my game just play confident and just be myself and not let it the moment get to me, I guess. But I feel like that falls under the category of enjoying the experience, though. Yeah, you know right. What I mean? Like, Definitely. it's one thing if you're putting pressure on yourself to say, "Yeah, we, you know, this is our year. We're going to win a national championship." It's yeah. another thing just to go and say, "You know what? I get to be loose. No one's expecting anything from me anyway." Yep. So and us. So let's just go out, play our rounds. You know, what is it? It's a four day event, three day, four day, four day. It's a four two day days, event. two, two days, days a cut, cut. and okay. then. Two more days if you make the cut. Okay. So it's a four-day total event. You guys got at least two days to play. Yep. You know, just enjoy your rounds. Yeah. I mean, you've yep. got 18 on Tuesday and 18 on Wednesday. And then, you know, let the chips fall where they may. And I think that's a great way to go into a national competition, though. You know, it's just to kind of, um, you know, play loose. You know, enjoy the fact that you're able to travel out and, like you said, put on the UWS uh, golf shirts and, uh, you know, get a couple rounds in. That's That, to me, would be the kind of the – the, the benefit of yeah. going, you know, for, I guess this is the second time now. What, is this the second time or mm-hmm. third time that we've done? Second time. Second, second time? Mm-hmm. Okay, to the NCAA tournament. So, um, well, technically third. Yeah. <laughs> no, technically <laughs> third. Technically yeah. third. Technically yeah. third. But um, it's just, you know, it's just one of those opportunities that doesn't come along every day. And so 
for me, if I was in you guys' position, I'll be honest with you, I would be just trying to soak it all in and yeah. just enjoy the entire atmosphere, the opportunity, and and getting a chance to play with my buddies and, and mm-hmm. yeah. travel and represent UWS. Like that would be where my goals would begin and pretty much end. And like, like you know, like Joey said, the first time he went to the tournament, he was just awestruck and felt like a little fish in the pond. And I'm guessing I'm gonna have that those feelings when I go there too. And I'm just gonna have to just kind of push it away and just go play golf at the end of the day. It's you against the golf course, not everyone else. So at the same time, though, you ha- you have these these guys who have been there once already that can help you walk yeah. through that. Your first go round, you were all it was new for everybody. It was new for everyone. Yeah. 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 So it was, I think a little easier to get pulled into it then, mm-hmm. as opposed to now. Okay, the the awe of it is done. Mm-hmm. We've done this before. Now you can just go and play, and having that experience should be good to help the the other guys who haven't been because three of the five haven't yeah. been here. You, I feel like Ryan and I can can kind of help do that because we've been there before. Um, you can just like I said, just tell them to relax, have fun, enjoy the moment, and just just go play. Uh, relaxed, fun golf, and that's all you can do. Mm-hmm. Talk to me a little bit. You, you mentioned Ryan. Talk a little bit about Ryan. You know, I've I, I've been trying to get him on this thing for two years, and he just always finds he's, a way to not do he's it. He's not a not a big media guy. <laughs> <I would> say. <laughs> he finds a way to not do no. it. But I mean, how how well did he play last week? Uh, it was unbelievable. It's um, in the UMAC, I can't see that score ever being touched again. Really, that's how good that was. Yeah. Yeah, he was that good. He was so dialed on the range, too, the whole time. He just, yeah, I knew he was going to go low the, third, the last day, too, because I was sitting on the range with him. We were warming up. I was like, what's your goal today? I was like, even wouldn't be bad. He's like, no, I want 69, 68. I was like, all right, you do you. I'm going to shoot 75 and <laughs> take my trip. <laughs> but that was that was something special. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. And it, it seemed like from – from the very beginning. I mean, the first day was pretty cool because y- you two are tied. Lot, the wind was, that was a, the first day played the toughest by mm. probably four shots, yeah. three shots. Okay. Yeah. And, you, and you guys are tied and you're one stroke behind him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, that, that was pretty special in its own right, just seeing that yeah. the, the, you guys were, there, were sitting right there. And then the second day he kind of pulled away a little yeah. bit. And then the third day he really pulled away. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think we were, we were tied. Or no, I was uh, six shots back day two, and he beat me by ten on the third day. Yeah, you beat you by sixteen, and then yeah, won the tournament by fourteen. Yeah, it yeah, was that's... like I said, it's just something special. He was on a different planet playing golf yeah. than the rest of us were, and I was I couldn't be happier for him. And um, I was going to ask about that too because there there has to be a little rivalry there. Oh, there between absolutely the two is. Of you. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. It's there not, has to be. Oh, yeah. it, it's been quiet up until this year, and then we've both kind of preached it. It's mm-hmm. We hate losing to each other, but it it drives our games to to uh, play better. better play. Yep. And you really saw it this year. Like, we had a just a mean competition. <laughs> Sam can elaborate on <laughs> this a little bit. Uh, yeah. It was... We, it was just banter back and forth up until – we started playing, and then once we started playing, it was, where are you at? Where are you at? I need to make a birdie to right. beat you. So I'd go out as the three guy, so I'd finish before Ryan and Joey, and Joey was playing one pretty much a whole year, and so I'd finish, and PD would finish behind me, and Joey would be coming up 18, and Ryan would shoot even or one over, and I'm like, Joey's one under right now. He's just, like, God. <laughs> just hoping Joey makes a bogey. Hope 
kind of a kind of not at the same time wants him to do good, but he doesn't want to lose to him. So that kind of competition would help them play a lot better golf too. So, and, and you guys, I mean, you went to school together. Mm-hmm. You know, you're both Duluth East graduates. So has it always been like this? Because you've been playing together since, I mean, probably in one sport or another since elementary school. Yeah, I mean, we've we went to elementary school together too, middle, high school, now college. Both graduating the same year. Um, it's uh, it really started to like come into like a, a big rivalry uh, like two years ago. It was um, he was fresh and in, into to golf here and we were just kind of having fun still and playing. And then we uh, we play uh, about fifty rounds together in the summer up at Ridgeview. So last year we just battled uh, at Ridgeview. It was just heated, and then it just kind of carried over into this golf season. So it really only came as like a like a notable rivalry uh, this year coming into this golf season. But it's been there for for quite some time, and we've uh, we just hate losing to each other ever since high school golf team. So right, right. <laughs> Well, that I laugh because it is—it's a unique circumstance for a metro area like Duluth, where you have that opportunity to go all the way up together. I mean, it doesn't happen real often in other markets. I don't think where you are friends literally from the time that you are, you know, in elementary school and grade school, all the way through junior high, all the way up through high school, and now into college, and then now you're going to the NCAA tournament together. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's yeah. a very like—that's a very unique. I think circumstance that doesn't happen real often in college sports. I mean, they say it's a small world, but I mean, trying to keep everything together and everyone knows everyone else. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, crossover in terms of relationships that you build up, especially in sports over the years, because you get to know everyone in your game and in your particular sport, but to stick with somebody that long. I mean, last time, Joey, we had you on, you were talking about even playing hockey together and everything else. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's interesting to see. And 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 it puts a smile on my face just listening to you talk about it because I know you guys have been friends for a long, 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 long time. So it's it kind of makes it that much more special that you guys are still friends. You can get heated with each other as far as competition goes, but you've been basically lifelong friends to this point. And uh, it's it's as a broadcaster, that's one of those cool stories that just kind of makes me smile. And then John, I I think that you would probably would agree with me on that. I don't know. Yeah, I appreciate not. that absolutely. Yeah, you yeah, know, absolutely. You know, it's a it's a special thing when. When you get those two players that push each other like that, and I mean, in, in reality, it, it probably pushes the rest of you, yeah. right? So we had our practice round at Pebble before the championships, and I was riding in a car with Joey, and I shot 72, and Joey shot 75, and Joey was putting the cart away, and he came all the way around back to the van when we were loading our stuff and he gave me the scorecard and said probably want to hang up hang that up on your wall you're not going to see that again <laughs> so i had a little bit of motivation going into this week too i got him on the last day but didn't get him for the tournament so <laughs> well, i feel like there's a healthy competition between your top five though right like I yeah. mean, all five of the guys yeah. are really yeah. you know they really want to do well not yeah. just individually but they push each other because they know there's a greater goal mm-hmm. in mind yep. here. You know, the five-man score is what we're trying to get to. Yep. I even think this year Eb has done a great yep. job of putting a team together. It was competitive up until yep. like the last week that I've never seen before where 
eight guys could have represented yep. at the uh, the UMAC championships. We really had four guys for two spots. Yeah, in the it last. was something that hasn't been around in in my years. Yeah, right. It's like even when you guys, you and Ryan are gone, you guys are gonna we're gonna miss you guys a lot. But we have a lot of freshmen and sophomores that are gonna be able to step in and at least grow into those roles. Well, there was the event earlier this year where he put two teams in. We only beat the B team by two. Right, and that's what I was going to say, that the, you know, they don't necessarily use the phrase B team, but, you know, yeah, it was only a a two-stroke difference there. So, I mean, that speaks to the depth a little bit Mm -hmm. and the the ability that those guys have to play. Yeah, Yeah, it's, I think Eb's Eb's done a great job (laughs) of recruiting. He's preached recruiting local, um, and I think he's done a great job at finding some good local talent to I'm glad you touched on that too because that was the kind of the focus of the piece that Fox 21 did mm-hmm. last night was the fact that you've got you two from Duluth East, you've got a couple of guys from Eveleth up on the Iron Range, and all five in the top five are essentially local. Hour away from each other. Yeah, and yeah. that's it's really you know for yeah this area it's kind of remarkable when you look at the the calendar we have and how like you said you're. Six months of the year, you can't play. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's it's kind of remarkable to be able to, to put together a solid five like that all with, from within an hour of here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even it goes down, um, Bryce, our... Yeah, he lives five minutes from me, 10 yeah, minutes Yeah, he's from me. an hour away, and then um, two guys from Superior. So it's all local. It's um, Northland talent, and uh, it's, been, it's been fun. Have you seen that? Because you, you grew up, obviously, playing golf here. Yeah. And when you, you get to that high school level, do you... Thinking back on it, Joy, do you see that there is enough talent in this area to be able to put a group together like that? Oh, absolutely. You know, consistently? Yeah. Um, there's been, I mean, you have to get the right the right year, of course. Not every year is going to have the same um, prospect pool going into college. And it seems that right around this time that there's been a couple of local teams. I know Sam. 2017 to 2019, there a lot of the sections I thought were stacked with talent, really. Yeah. Lot, those three years were there were a lot of good players that could go anywhere and play at a lot of colleges. Yeah, Sam Sam might see it more because when, when I played for East, we would play with, like, the Anokas and the Andovers and yeah. um, stuff like that. So Sam My played. My junior and senior year, there was – we had sections at Giants, Giants Ridge for AA, and there was probably 16, 18 people that could – shoot under 80 twice at Giants Ridge to make the state tournament. So there's a lot of people in that level that can play good golf, especially right before I graduated. That's so. interesting. That's interesting. Giants Ridge is a great course. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. You'd like one, it too? one of my favorites. Yeah? yeah. yeah. Which one? The quarry. Okay. The quarry is probably Prime my favorite tournament course, course. Of all time. Favorite of all time? Really? Yeah. And I've played a lot of golf courses. Wow. I mean, this kind of bumped up the stuff I was going to talk about later, but okay. So let's <laughs> let's talk about that. What what about it? The quarry. Yeah. I just. I've only played it once. It's. It's got everything. It does. It's. It's got. It's the um, type of course that. If you're hitting the ball bad, it's going to bite you, and it's going to not be fun. If you're hitting fairways, you're hitting greens. You'll get rewarded. You're going to get rewarded. You're going to have a lot of fun. If. If you're struggling, but hitting the ball kind of decent, you can still put up a good number. And I just think a golf course to be great has to do that to you. Okay. It, 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 if you're hitting bad shots, you shouldn't be rewarded. 
it, the course should bite you back 100% of the time. It's the perfect tournament course. It is. It really is. And I mean, I, I played my section tournament every year there, so I've had some emotional battles with that course, but at the <laughs> end of the day, it's, it's a beauty. It really is. So, yeah, I like it a lot. It goes back to what you said earlier, how it's, it's you against the course. Yeah. You know, and... I, Was it not a good experience for you? <laughs> No, I mean, I, <laughs> it's not easy. I, it's not an easy course. I, I, and I'm, I'm by no means good. Right. Yeah. You know, as right. Tyler would say, I'm not good at the golf, but, you, know, <laughs> you know, I'm just a recreational golfer and right. you know, I, I shot in the nineties there, Okay. but it was really difficult for a guy like me because I got bit many times mm-hmm. yeah. and, but when you, the greens are tough there, yeah. a lot of slopes that you got to look at there. No, really hard, and I'm I'm not good at reading the greens either. So yeah, that's a that's a whole thing. You guys can give me a lesson on, a little bit later. But the the course thing comes up because I wanted to ask about the course you're about to play on, and what what do you know about about the track that you're you're going to be on next week? Honestly, there's not much out there on it. It's it's really we're playing two right yeah two courses yeah. It's really difficult to find information on it other than the scorecards that the NCAA provided us. Yeah. I know it's sitting there at the base of the Appalachians, so there's going to be some undulation changes. Uh, but, I mean, it's a, it's a blind. Um, we're going into the, the tournament blind we on the courses. And so we have to take notes in the practice round. And yeah, like, like know where to miss and We're lucky to enough to play a greens. practice round on each of the courses. Yep. So... It's going to be a lot of note-taking and where not to go, where to go, so you don't get bit by the course. They, they don't look too long. They're only 68 and 6,600 yards, but it's a par 70 and par 71, so who knows. Yeah. At least it's not 7,400. Yeah, like when you can't hit a driver like Kentucky. me, that'll, that'll hurt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was a beast. I would imagine that it's probably relatively challenging. I don't think the NCAA would choose a course. No, it, it'll be tough. Yeah, I mean, they're not going to choose a course that's going to be a layup for anybody. No. I mean, they want to see, you know, they're going to want to see who can really play mm-hmm. and who can't. And with like, those, you know. with that yardages being 66 and 68, I think a lot of the holes are going to be placement golf. Get it in the fairway and then just try and score from there. Just make sure you're in play. Yeah, so I, I mean, just a... My guess would be, since there's not a lot of information on it, would be that it's expected to be tough. Yeah, that would be where I, where I would start. Yeah. Find out how it's tough when you play your your you know your practice round, but yeah. you know I would expect that they're gonna. I mean, the NCAA, like I said, they're gonna choose a course that's really gonna <laughs> challenge the golfers, and that's how the NCAA chooses venues. You know, it's mm-hmm. like especially for a sport like golf. Yeah, you know, a challenging course that's doable. We don't want to. You know, we're not asking for a PGA level. Yeah course here we're just looking for something that'll challenge our golfers and and make them perform there's teams you know, there that's, if you choose an easy course there's teams there that'll eat it up and shoot 64 65 66 whenever they want with it so they they are gonna have to pick a hard course yeah so you said that there's not a lot out there what, what do you mean by that are you talking like on the internet has oh okay yeah. I, I, you meant, find I thought you meant you were looking at the course there's not a lot of Hazards, trees, There's, things uh, like that, and I was having flashbacks to when you were in Iowa. <laughs> Lynx golf, yeah. <laughs> Iowa golf is amazing. Um, I already forgot about that. Uh, Glad I could bring it up for you again. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. want to give you any PTSD or anything. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, 
you try to look at the resort online and they don't have any pictures of the courses. Uh, you try to do a Google search of the course, not much shows up. Maybe like the picture of the clubhouse, but I think they're fairly new courses, so maybe that's why. Yeah. But uh, they, from from the looks of it, the the few pictures that you've seen, it looks incredible. So yeah. I'm excited. I can imagine. I it's gonna be first rate. I mean, it's not gonna be. <laughs> right. yeah. yeah. I mean, if it's a new course, you know, and everything, it's gonna be nice. Yeah, right to the. I'm guessing we'll get some good views too with the mountains. Yeah. I would assume that it's probably, like I said, everything is pretty much done to a T yeah. on this particular course. Mm-hmm. I mean, because these courses, when they apply for this, to host this, they have to follow. I mean, the NCAA goes through a, a pretty rigorous well, it's evaluation a process. process. I mean, yeah, we've, we've gone through it to host, you know, hockey championships. Right. and It's rigorous. You know, quarterfinal things for hockey and basketball, and it's it's a process. Yeah, I mean, they the NCAA evaluates You have to guarantee this. certain things to them yep. in order to have that venue considered, so... Yeah, and then to, to come through and actually host the national championship, yeah, this, yeah, trust me that like that that course has been vetted, yeah, and vetted sure. and vetted for sure, <laughs> over oh, and over sure. again. How did it start for you? How did how did golf become your thing? It's uh, it's been in my family. So my grandpa's dad golfed every day at Namaji when he could, and then my passed it down to my grandpa. My grandpa played daily, still does. And then it was just kind of passed down to me growing up. I wanted I played every sport mm-hmm. growing up like kids should do. Right. And it just kind of narrowed it down, and golf became the one that I, I really enjoyed the most and wanted to keep playing. Had the help of my grandfather, who really pushed me on golf. And, uh, yeah, I was kind of lucky to have a grandpa who is really dedicated in your uh, – your athletic career, and I'm, I'm glad that he forced golf on me because it's brought me here, and I wouldn't take anything away from it. How about you? So it started basically when I could walk. My dad my dad put a golf club in my hand, and we had uh, we have about a 30-yard <clears throat> spare lot in my yard, and we made holes out of um, tomato, tomato juice cans, and then we had little wooden pins, and I hit foam balls in my backyard for four hours a day, five hours a day, every day growing up. And then I was six and I won my first junior tournament and I got a tiger head cover as my reward. And I still have it on my bag to this day. So it's at 16 years. I still have the same head cover on my bag. And after that tournament, I played baseball too. And my dad looked at me and he's like, well, baseball and golf don't mix and you're going to have to choose one. And I chose golf and it was the right one. So. Don't mix in that the the swings one don't affects mix. the other the swings swing. Don't mix, yeah, yeah. That's why you got to be a lefty righty, lefty combo like I am. Fair, I played, yeah, I, great I, point. I, got both. I played hockey left-handed. I batted in baseball left-handed. My grandpa said your golf swing will not be ruined by those. You're golfing right-handed. I think you told us that last time. I you did. Were here. You, I yeah, I did, yeah. I, that's when I picked up a club. Great the, point. When I picked up a club the first time, I went to swing on the left side, and my dad moved me over, and he's like, you're swinging on this side, and he had me swinging on that side, and then now I'm righty. Because so, I'm pretty much lefty in, in everything, but besides golf. Sam, for you, was it like like in Joey, what Joey talked about his family? Was it like a family thing? I mean, does it go through um, generations on your side? Not as much. My dad started playing golf when he was like 19 or 20. Okay. And then my grandpa, my grandpa took it up late too, so not really, but my dad 
my dad was only 10 years into golf and he was really obsessed with it at the time. And then okay. my parents had me and then he got me into it too. Cause it was one of his newer, uh, hobbies that he liked. Okay. And that's just how it, how he got into it. Well, must've made him made an impression on him. I mean, if he's basically, you know, my son's going to play this, you know, because yeah. I love it that much. I mean, that and basketball or basketball is more the gener generational one in my family. Okay. But then golf too now. So. Okay. My sister plays too. She plays at Bemidji, so it went through the whole family. Okay. So that I did not know. So I yeah. learned something else new today. <laughs> <laughs> Was it just hockey or um, golf and basketball then? The only, only yeah, and then played? we played baseball growing up, okay. and then when I was young, and then it just went to basketball and golf. So okay, because Joe, you played hockey too, right? Like that up until high school. Is that what yeah? Like? I played yeah. up until my junior year of high school. Okay. Because I think you remember. I remember you talking about this, and I'm going back to our previous conversation because this interview is so different, you know, than the one that we did right after COVID happened. Because it was sort of like I remember the three of us kind of sat there, and we were trying to kind of process what had just happened mm -hmm. more than anything else. I felt like that whole talk, and I'd like to go back to that podcast and listen to it again in light of what we're talking about today, just right. because they get you know a full sense on how things have changed so much since then. Because we were talking about the fact that the like, you know, you basically had the plug pulled on you guys for going to the NCAA tournament, and we were trying to figure out, well, what's going to happen next? Now fast forward a year, and you guys get that chance now to go back to the NCAAs. But, uh, you know, this goes back also to, I think you said that you and Ryan played together in hockey all the way up until high school too, right? Like that yeah. was. He, and he was a way better hockey player than I was. So me being better than him at golf was the only option. <laughs> 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 and... I will like, say it, this, Ryan doesn't like to lose. It, it does come like down to, to this, this competition thing again, mm -hmm. is that golf is my last thing I have on him. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm not going down easy. <laughs> he may have beat me last weekend, but... Yeah, he, yeah, he, he was the medalist, but oh, you he, were player of the year. I was. He, you know, yeah. so... He did not like that. <laughs> well, I actually told him... It was funny when... They had now it's play of the year. Joey was sitting there, and Joey definitely thought Ryan was going to get it, and... Um, they're like UMAC player of the year, Joey Cummings, and Joey looked and looked around for like two seconds, and Petey looked at him. He's like, "Go get it, go get your award." And well, I it was probably shocked. came down to you two, like you two were yeah, like yeah. neck and neck. Yeah, for I it. think it was. I'm, yeah, like I honestly, it, it, it could have been a coal. Yeah, I, I told Corey the commissioner. Year. I said, <laughs> this "Was this voted before the tournament?" <laughs> he's like, "Yep." And I said, "That's why." <laughs> <laughs> I like the fact you went to Corey and said that like, and asked him that. Yeah. Uh, you know, it really could have been one and one A though. Mm -hmm. I mean, oh, honestly, yeah, you know, sure. I, I mean, I looking at the scores for the year. I mean, it's always you two at the top. Sam was right in there too, but yeah. like it was one. After you guys won start. two and three, basically yeah. all year, and so it. Yeah. So this is an interesting stat. So. In yeah. Iowa, I beat Petey by six on the first day, and then we tied the second day. At Turtleback, I beat him by two, and then at the preview, he beat me by two. So through three tournaments, we're tied in strokes. Then we tied <laughs> at uh, we tied at New Ulm, New Ulm, and then we tied in the St. John's uh, invite this both days. So we're still tied through six or six or seven rounds. Yeah, seven rounds. UMAX. Um, Unbelievable. Yeah. And then he's one shot ahead of me, day one of UMAX. And then the rest is history. And then he's, <laughs> uh, so it's down to five strokes between the two of us. And then day two of UMAX, he beat me by five. So we're dead tied going into the last day of UMAX. 
and he beat me by 10. <laughs> oh. And then he went out of his mind on that last day and yeah. And lost me by yeah. three. <laughs> last day. What? And lost to me by three the last day. I did lose to Sam by three on the last day. I'm still not happy about that either. <laughs> I love the fact that Sam is like creeping up. Like Ryan and, and Joey yeah. are going back and forth on strokes, and here comes Sam, and Sam's like I, just sort of like barely behind, and he's like, I'm going to get one of you guys one of these. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I had five holes of bad golf the second day that really hurt me, or else I would have been somewhere in there. But, you probably would have beat me for the yeah. tournament. But, oh, well. Well, that's what it comes down to, though, right? Like, I mean, a shot here, a shot there, a hole yeah. there, here, a hole there. I mean. That's been my problem, like, the whole year. Start of the year, I couldn't finish a round to save my life. And then at UMAX, I kind of put it together and started finishing rounds at the end, which hopefully I can carry into the tournament. So. I was really interested to hear your perspective, Sam, just because you and I talked. I think the last time we talked about golf was after Wartburg. Yeah. Because we were at the baseball field, and we, that was for the Northland yeah, a marathon of four games that we did. Oh, that <laughs> was a long was, day. That was a long couple of days. <laughs> that was a long yeah. weekend. But I remember um, saying something to you because I said, you know, Garber told me that it was a rough day. Yeah. And you were you kind of looked at me and just started shaking your head, and then you kind of went down the list of things that were wrong. Yeah. But, <laughs> about yeah. that whole experience. And, yeah, it was. That was the toughest conditions I ever played in, combined with probably the worst tournament golf I've ever played in my life too. So it was. It was a combination of it being my first round of the year, too. Okay. But there's no excuse. Well, it was awful. You know, I've gotten Sam's side of the story on what happened down there, Joey. What was your, like, feeling on what happened at Warburg? So, I don't know if you guys have ever played golf where it's so windy your bag can't even stand up. <laughs> that's what it like yeah. was like day one. Well, and yeah, that's, I, I, that was remarkable to me when you start talking about the wind because obviously anybody who lives here is used to playing in windy conditions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when Sam tells me, no, no, this is nothing. The wind here was nothing compared to what we just saw. Yeah, it was. And I still kind of had the, oh, come on. Yeah, because it's always windy here. It's always fifteen to twenty miles an hour off the lake. Right, mm-hmm. and even you're sitting here going, "No, no, it was not like this." <laughs> well, see, in Iowa, well, in the middle part of Iowa, there are, I think, a grand total of zero trees. <laughs> so there's just nothing stopping it. Whereas here, you can kind of get a pocket if you're in some trees or right. like a hill, but it's all flat, no hills, no trees. Just the wind just goes, and when it's sustained at thirty 35, plus forty. Yeah gust of 50 at times and you're trying to hit a little white ball around the field it's uh it's not easy and right. i mean i was so lucky to shoot an 81 that day that that was better than pd 68 that yeah Pebble. no i mean don't get no i know ball. but that's what it felt like yeah and i made an eagle on the last hole too <laughs> so like just the perspective of how the wind was the 18th hole is about a 350 yard par four straight uphill Downwind day one. I hit a three wood, which is about my 260, 280 yard club. I hit it over the green and then chipped in for eagle. Day two, uh, there was little little to no wind. I hit my driver and I was 80 yards short. Wow. It was. Like, I was getting, I'm a small guy and I was getting blown around walking around the first day. Like, I'd set my bag down and just right away just fall over. Well, I remember, Sam, you told me, like, that even, like, balls on the green were just getting blown around. Like, you thought it would sit, 
and then all of a sudden here comes a wind gust, and your ball now all of a sudden rolling away. <laughs> yeah, you'd set your mark down, and then yeah. set your ball down, take your mark away, put your mark in your pocket to go line up your putt, and your ball would just start rolling. Mm-hmm. You'd have to put it back, and it was, it was something. And I mean, felt like the, the British Open. Yeah, they're lucky the greens weren't shaved because y- yeah. balls would have rolled probably for miles. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> lucky they were a little fluffier. Yeah. Well, I, I knew it was bad because when I saw you, it looked like you had suffered some windburn. Oh, yeah. was I bad after the first <laughs> after that like, tournament? Sam had like one side of it was like really like red. bright red. Yeah, yeah, and I, I that was, was at tomato. baseball, and I said, Sam, what? Yeah. <laughs> He said, "This is windburn." Yeah, not from it wasn't from Warburg, and I, <laughs> but, I, I mean, you know, it's bad when you're suffering windburn. That's <laughs> in two days only. Yeah, that's. I mean, and one it, day it wasn't windy. Yeah, and one day it yeah, wasn't one windy. Day wasn't one windy. day it was normal. Like so that all came like in one and a half days, about like one yeah, day. Yeah, one day. You yeah. played that course before, though, right? Uh we didn't play that one. No, I thought you'd played down there before. Uh which one did we? Uh, Galena? Are they talking Galena? I mean, it's close, yeah, yeah, but I don't think we've played that one. Okay. That was the first time we've played in Iowa, I believe. And that's classified a Lynx course? Oh, yeah. So oh, explain yeah. that. Because I think people think golf courses are golf courses, and they aren't. They're designed differently. Yeah, yeah. so uh, a Lynx course is generally a course. It's not really true Lynx, but, like, um, United States Lynx is just a course with little to no trees on it, um, where... Uh, a, a traditional golf course has trees up and down bordering the fairways, um, a lot of woods. Like So one half of a hole is going to be all woods and it's going to be out of bounds. There it's a cornfield is out of bounds, just Iowa perspective. but uh, A lot more fescue. Yeah. A lot, lot more, of super tall rough. Yeah. So they, they kind of let the – they have like their primary kind of rough, which is standard for a golf course, and then they have like fescue, which is just um, unmown – uh, like wild area of grass mm-hmm. or something it comes up to your knees. Yeah. So uh, for people who maybe follow it on TV, it's more British Openish. Yeah. 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 For sure. Okay. It sounds like you have to also be a lot more exact. I know things course like you can't rely yeah. on like a bounce off of a tree or anything like that. Like yeah. You, you yeah. have to hit the ball. Yeah. In the fairway where you want it to go. Like the- if you make a mistake. You're off in who knows where. Thing with like, the Lynx course too, though, is if the wind's up really high at a Lynx course, it's the toughest golf you'll probably play. But if you catch a Lynx course, sometimes where it's not super windy, it's it's sometimes gettable, usually gettable. Actually, well, that was the thing that happened at St Andrews a few years ago, where it was so windy for like the entire tournament, watching the British Open, and guys like scores were just ballooning. Yeah, <laughs> a, lot, a lot of plus signs. Yeah, yeah. there were a lot of pluses, mm-hmm. and you can see the guys on the PGA Tour were getting frustrated, but it's like there's nothing you can really do. I mean, yeah. but the kind of expressions on all the guys' faces kind of told the story. It was like, <laughs> yeah. you know, they were doing a lot of head shaking. and Well, and they're probably all frustrated, too, because they're used to playing courses in the States where they can just bomb away. Yeah. 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 You know, Bryson. And, and you can't do that. And, I mean, links courses to traditional golf courses with tree-lined fairways and stuff – it's really a lot different how they play in wind, too, because on a links course, the wind just blows. It's got nothing to, to swirl off of. Where if you're playing a traditional golf course and the wind's blowing one way, it's just going to blow up the fairway and kind of, like, hold the, the line, the shape of the hole. And then if there's, like, a, a pocket where there's two holes, like, collapsing on one point, it's just going to go down there and swirl. It's just, it's like two different styles of playing and if you get the wind up at a links course putting at a links course is very tough when it's really windy yeah you, you really have to play judge wind wind it's, on it's weird that's weird too because I, I don't think people would think that putting can be affected by wind oh yeah. absolutely can yeah it's yeah. 
Because the ball's not getting in the air, so. Yeah. No. no. Well, I mean, but, you know, it, that ball's so light at yeah. the end of the day. Yep. Mm-hmm. That if you get a, you know, if you get a 20, 25-mile-per-hour gust of wind, the ball's going to start wanting to move because yep. it just, like, there's Kick no. A, a golf ball is, I mean, it's small and it's hard, but that's the point. It's small and it's hard. Yeah. So there's, you know, it's, it's light. It's meant yep. to be hit a long way. Yep. You know, so because of the lightness of it, you know, that's why you can hit it, you know, 300 yards. Yeah. Is because it is small and light. Yeah. So when you have a small, light thing and a wind gust, yeah, it's going to move. It'll I mean, affect it a lot. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I've played, I grew up playing soccer. And on a really windy day, playing soccer sucks. Because you have, like, yeah, you can hit a ball square. And a soccer ball is much heavier, much larger, obviously, yeah. than a golf ball. But if it's a really windy day, it'll hold up the ball. Yep. Like, it'll go straight up in the yep. air, and you can't clear the ball. Now it's like, oh, jeez. Yeah, I played it. I just hit the, the, the heck out of that ball, yep. and it's not going anywhere. It's just yep. hanging up in the air. And for golf, I'd imagine it's even worse at a certain point, mm-hmm. you know? So yep. I completely understand what you guys are saying. And I would imagine, yeah, golf, a windy golf course, regular course, with the trees and everything, it kind of becomes its own, like, little wind tunnel because, you know, the trees kind of mm-hmm. hold it in. Yep. On a Lynx golf course, but it occurred to me that, those gusts of wind can go over two or three holes at the same time because you've oh, got yeah. this hole over here, this one is over here, and one yeah. big wind gust can go across all of those and affect yeah. everybody's shots. Yep. Mm-hmm. So at a certain point, if you have a bad shot, you don't really know where the ball is going to go. No. Like it could end up, who knows where, <laughs> you know. Especially if you really push one and the wind grabs it, it is going to go so far that direction you've never seen before. Yeah. With that wind, because there is no stopping that wind. I used to have a bad slice. I've seen balls really yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's my problem too. Does yeah. the ball matter? And Absolutely. Uh, yeah, because, like, hockey pucks are hockey pucks. Right, yeah. Basketballs are basketballs. There are so many different kinds of golf balls yeah. that I mean, we, we could spend a half hour just talking about how to choose the right ball yeah. for, for you. For but person. does the ball matter? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah? Absolutely. It, it's based off – a lot of them are using uh, a similar cover, which is like a urethrane. Um, I don't know how to say it, yeah. but – it's like a softer cover, and then it, where it, it really depends on the golf ball is the core and how uh, forgiving it is or how compact it is, whereas you look at Titleist, they use a very uh, forgiving core that'll, um, like, spring almost, whereas you look at a, a top flight, it's going to have a really compact core, and the compact core makes the ball go farther, but... No feel. You got no feel. You can't move it. You can't. Uh, you can't spin it. And so, golf balls, depending on the price, really matter. Like if you're using a, a twenty dollar or twenty dollar like dozen Callaway Diablo or yeah, something ball, you're not gonna be able to do much with that ball. And I mean, yeah, it's a it's a good golf ball. Like all golf balls are fine, but if you're like a lower handicap or playing. Um, in tournaments, you're going to want to use a golf ball that's that's fit for you based off like your spin rate and because yeah. um, you always see the names like you, you'll see the, the descriptions of them: low spin, mm-hmm. yeah. soft, you know, extreme distance, and yeah. that can get really confusing for people. Yeah, would yeah. be for me. I mean, I'm trying to keep track of <laughs> what this ball, the behavior yeah. of this ball versus the behavior of this ball. Yeah, you know, off the tee or on the green or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know. It's interesting to hear the different. What, what? Let me ask you this then, based on that conversation. What kind of balls does the NCA allow you guys to use? Like, what what ball do they? 
Literally anything. Any ball. Anything, yeah, yeah, anything that you want. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so it's up yeah. to the individual golfer to decide mm-hmm. what kind of ball yeah. he wants. Okay. Probably have the one ball rule, though, in the tournament, right? Yeah, so we have to use the same brand of golf ball for the whole um, round. The round. So, like, if you start the round with a Titleist, you have to finish with the Titleist. If you start the round with a TaylorMade, you got to finish is with the TaylorMade. Is it, okay. like, so say you start with a Pro-V, do you have to play a, a Pro-V? No, or is it just the brand of the ball? I think just the brand. Just the brand. I imagine you're Pro-V, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what App gets us, so. Yep. So. Is that the best ball in your mind? For me, yes. Yeah, me too. Um. I've been fitted for a golf ball, and I don't know. It's hard to explain how you get fitted for a golf was, ball. It's, yeah, that's the f- I've never heard of that before. It's, a lot of it's like it's like based off your swing speed, your spin rate, yeah. um, your attack angle. A lot of those numbers that really uh, a casual golfer won't pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Analytics again. Yeah. yeah. Yep. But uh, yeah, so the Pro V is the one that that was fit to me based off. All my numbers, so interesting. That's what I use. Sam, what ball do you use? Pro V. Okay. Same thing. Same as Joey. Okay. I got fitted for a two and as a Pro V. So. Okay. Well, here's the hope, and the the Pro V Pro V spins well for you guys next week. Yeah. Sam, Joey, good luck at nationals. Thanks for coming by. Thank you. Very Thank much. you guys very much. Thank you. We'll take a break. We'll come back with more of the Eye of the Swarm right after this. Orkers Island Inn is now hiring, and there's a position just for you. Apply for front desk, housekeeper, bartender, server, cook, and dishwasher. We're hiring great people like you. Call or click for more information and apply today. We're back for our final segment of this week's Eye of the Swarm, and it's a busy week, and it's championship week, Matt. It is. We've got some teams playing for some hardware, and this we is pretty do. cool. We do. There's uh, there's actually a possibility for quite a few. Yeah. So uh, we'll uh, we'll go along here. We'll start with men's golf. Of course, we just heard from them. Uh, good conversation with those two. Um, they're heading down to West Virginia. Pretty I love much. how Sam just says, I'm not going to win the tournament. I well, so yeah, I'm just going to have fantastic. fun. <laughs> well, Sam is very honest, so you know that's something that we've learned I about him. I am not winning, so I'm just going to have fun. And you got to look at Joey across the room going, Really? Because I'm playing to win. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> kind of embody or kind of embodies their personalities. Yeah, really. absolutely. The way I would look at it. So, they of course will be in action coming up as they go down to West Virginia, uh, taking part in the NCAA Division Three Championship at Ogle Bay Golf Course in Wheeling, West Virginia. We talked about the fact that actually in the previous uh, segment, of course, about how they don't really know a whole lot about it, but right. they're going to find out here pretty quick. Yeah, they're going to have to do a lot of studying during that practice round. Yeah, yeah, but. Uh, that uh, competition starts Tuesday, May 11th, and it goes through uh, Friday the 14th. The first two days, of course, are just regular. Everybody plays, and then they have cut days on the 13th and 14th before national. And they didn't champion. make the cut two years ago. Okay, when they were there. We did not make the cut, so hopefully, yeah, hopefully, hopefully this time we can cut. and yeah. and get ourselves a couple more rounds. Yeah, now hopefully that would be nice. But mm-hmm. the champion will be crowned national champion on Friday. Mm-hmm. So uh, a couple days of golf coming up, at least for them at Ogle Bay uh, Golf Course again in Wheeling, West Virginia. So that's what's up for the men's golf team. Men's soccer will be going for their fourth straight UMAC tournament championship this coming Saturday, taking on Bethany Lutheran for the second time. First matchup was pretty darn wild, so we'll that see That was an interesting, yeah, that interesting was a, contest. Yeah, 6-5, for those of you who don't remember, overtime. Game winner scored by Blake Perry in like the first two minutes of overtime. But uh, I don't even know if it was a minute old. Yeah, it was, it was, well, it was well, I think it was two, a little over a minute. Yeah, it was a little over, like a minute. I want to say like a minute 13 or 14, yeah, something like I that. I was in the maybe. teens as well, so yeah, like yeah. A, a minute and something like that. Yeah, a minute and plus. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I'll be taking out the Vikings for the second time, this time with some hardware on the line. Uh, it'll be a 1 p.m. 
Kickoff. That's our final broadcast of the year on 91.3 FM. And yours truly, I'll be on the air. Mm-hmm. Pre-game, 12.45. As the Jackets try to get uh, some more hardware. Yep. Uh, try to go regular season and conference uh, tournament crown for the uh, third straight year. So, Good luck to them. Women's soccer, Indeed. same story. Playing for some hardware. Mm-hmm. Saturday, taking on St. Scholastica in the UMAC Championship game over at Saints Field in Duluth. That'll be a 4 p.m. start. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you get a chance to head out to Saints Field after the men's game, do so. I'm thinking I might do that. I don't know. I'm going to try to figure it out. Uh, but they play at 4 o'clock against St. Scholastica. The first time they played was a dandy. That was a good game. Yeah, 2-1. to one. That was a good uh, match. St. Scholastica. That was a really good match. One on a goal by Morgan Friday in the last about 20 minutes. And mm-hmm. the Jackets had a great chance to tie it uh, at the end at a shot that was saved by their keeper at the back post. Right. But, uh, that's one of those where you, you look at and you're like, well, they had their shot right there. But uh, yeah. great game. 2-1 to one last time they played. And they, hopefully we'll have more of the same fun contest up at Saints Field, 4 p.m. again, the kickoff there, the women. And their second uh, UMAC tournament championship game in three years. So... Uh, hopefully they'll be able to pull it off there. That'd be great. Softball uh, taking on St. Mary's this afternoon. They're down in Winona. That's a game that's been rescheduled since the beginning of the year. That's, what, about a month and a half ago, I guess? Something yeah, like that. when it was originally supposed to be played. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I want to say it was early to mid-April, and then it was supposed to be here. Right, and and then, then it got then moved it, again. It got moved because they're, uh, they're not allowed to travel. Oh, St. Mary's isn't allowed to travel. Correct. Oh, wow. So... They've so we're tra- going to them. They've got travel restrictions, so we're going to them. Okay. Well, it's 2 and 4 p.m. starts today, so if you get a chance, uh, today being a Friday, but that's uh, what's up next for them. And then they're off to the UMAC tournament. Uh, for more information on that, go to uwsyelljackets.com. Find out uh, who and when the Yellow Jacket uh, softball team will be in the uh, UMAC tournament. Baseball, they close out the regular season. They still have a couple conference games to go. Taking on Martin Luther on Saturday. That's a doubleheader down in New Orleans, 1.30 and 4 p.m. there, and then they're off. They're off for a week. Or over a week. Really? Is that what it is? It's almost two weeks because the, the tournament, I think, would start on the Wednesday or Thursday of the okay. week after. Wow. So they had the, the two non-conference games that were supposed to be Tuesday, okay. the 12th, with North Central. Those canceled. And then, yeah. So then they're, and then the tournament starts the following week. Oh, so they've, so got, a they've got a long stretch here without games after these two on Saturday. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I didn't even look at that schedule that much. But that's where they'll be, they'll be after the doubleheader against the Knights down in New Ulm on mm-hmm. Saturday. Uh, for more information, again, uwsyelljackets.com. They'll be off for a while, but uh, to find out more information about when and where the baseball team will be playing in the postseason, check out the website because that's where it will be found. Uh, men's tennis is playing for a conference tournament championship this afternoon. They'll taking on St. Scholastica for the second time. That's over at the Longview Tennis Club in Duluth, 4 p.m., the opening serve, Yellow Jackets and Saints for all the hardware and, uh, and men's tennis for 2021. Uh, that should be an interesting match as well. It should be a good match. Yeah, I, I do. They stream that, or are they? Uh, talking with Jesse, he's going to try. Okay, this will be his first foray into into trying to stream tennis. So that's he's going to give it a whirl. Okay, well, I, you know, that's all you can do. Mm-hmm. Are they allowing fans over there? I mean, do people can people go over there and watch. I it? don't know for certain. Okay, I do not know for certain. I don't know what their tennis policy is over there. But I don't either. Okay, well, whatever it is. Anyway, they're playing for a title this this afternoon, and at least last but not least, uh, men's and women's outdoor track and field at the UMAC. Outdoor Track and Field Championships hosted by Minnesota Morris at Big Cat Stadium. Morris, Minnesota, Friday and Saturday. Action gets underway on Friday at 2 p.m. And then again on Saturday at 11 a.m. And I don't know what our prospects are at the Outdoor Track and Field. but um, I mean, I'd imagine, you know, contention? Coach, Coach Drexler's had, he finds a way. Yeah. He I finds mean, a way to, to win these these meets every year. Yeah. I mean, what is you it know? now, five straight on the men's side uh, for indoor? So... Four. Is it four in a row? I think it's four in a row. Okay. I'm uh I'm feeling kind of bad that I don't remember that. But I know, me too. 
Um, but there's so much that's running together right now. I know, right? Um, exactly. Trying to keep yeah, track I, of I don't remember for certain, but no, they uh, they're extremely competitive. Yeah, yeah. In Every year, field. So I, I, you know, I, I would never, would never go against them. Right. So we have three. Uh, we have three, uh, perhaps five, conference uh, championships on the line here coming up in the next couple of days. Uh, and we'll have one of them on 91.3 FM, the men's soccer. Women's soccer going for a, a title also that same day. Men's tennis going this afternoon on a uh, conference title in the men's and women's uh, outdoor track and field championships. Yeah. Now, to mention the men's golf team playing in the NCAA Division three meet. So it's the culmination of a... A lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah, and that coming, uh, all coming down. To you kind of alluded to it in the uh, first segment, but that uh, flashing uh, stop sign, red stop sign, is kind of in the distance it's, and yeah, coming I, up. I can quick. see the light now. Yeah, you know, exactly. you can see that light a little bit. So, you know, it's crazy. You think like a week from now, it's you're down to just baseball and softball. Yep, that's, that's all it. we'll be talking about mm-hmm. in about a week or so. So, yeah, so championship season is upon us, and hopefully, our our Yellow Jacket student athletes are gonna. They're obviously gonna represent well, and you know, hopefully, they come out of here with some hardware. Yeah, that's uh, that's the goal. Our production engineer, once again, Elliot Sweary. He is the Big Sound Matt Johnson. I am John Garver, and we thank you once again for listening to Eye of the Swarm.